No, but I was really worried that this movie was too good because I made the disclaimer last week. It was the <laughs> next movie in queue after what did we watch the last elevator. week? I've already forgotten. Yes. The elevator. That's get, right. Uh, yes, elevator, and uh, they realize Hitler's in there with them. It was oh my god! Movie. It was a great movie. We've just started, and are we recording? It's Seti Bimco Part Two: The Revenge. The show where we create revenge sequels that nobody wanted. This time, it's kind of personal. It's Seti Bimco Part Two: The Revenge. The Revenge the is show where we dating on us. Bum, we create bum, revenge bum. sequels to movies that never happened. Oh wait, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yep, I'm unprepared. And and let me get this. Sorry, you'll come up with something. I'll Business out of the way first. I'm going to pick the wild card question. It's a question right. I pick on the show, which is who? The question is who from this movie, if there was a sequel made, would be most likely to do something? And today, Ooh, it what is, are they going to do? It's number three. Number three, most likely to star in their own reality show. Most likely to star in their own right. reality show. At the end of this movie, off the top of our heads, we'll do that. Wow. Question. As for some, as, uh, pertaining to someone in this movie there okay all, all the right. business now let the magic start <laughs> <laughs> let loose the magic what happened to john this week he wanted to tell Let's us here john i can tell look in his eyes oh the glint the manic glint well i mean you know you you know when your parents get to be a certain age and my mother is going to be a certain age this year mm-hmm uh, how can I put this delicately? Oh, they yeah. get upset over, and I don't know if this was a little thing, but like my mother will get upset. Like now that my mother's retired, there's that one day of the week where there's a substitute <laughs> mail carrier. And I was out there one day and the mailman usually comes at like about 1230. Oh, it was getting on four o'clock and the mail still wasn't there. And the, it's like, I can't believe this. It's the, I know it's the day of the substitute. And he's still not here. And, and it was like about five o'clock. And she's like, thank God the mail's finally here. So I go out and I get the mail for her. And it's like a mailer from St. Jude's right. Children's Hospital asking for money. So I just put it on the table when I came into the house. I said, sorry, you had to wait till five <laughs> o'clock for this. But that's not what happened. So, of course, this weekend, as everybody knows, if anybody who does listen to Seti Bimco to the Revenge realizes we do record these episodes weeks in advance. And this week was oh, yeah. Valentine's Day. And I don't know about you all down in the big city, but we had an extremely yep, warm yes. week this week. Yesterday, it got up to 69 <laughs> degrees oh in God, Syracuse. Man. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about uh, boo, it's I'm not sorry, funny 68 now. degrees, 68 <laughs> degrees. That's, I, I gotta, I gotta watch it was, my, gotta it, watch it was my, my words with degrees. There. That's good too, because of Satan. Tim, <laughs> you still got it. degrees. <laughs> Hitler died when he was 66. I don't know. Oh, my God. So All right, I'm leaving the show. <laughs> Sorry, Chuck. So it was Valentine's Day. My mother wanted to go up to my stepfather's grave. Yeah, you know. And so we get up there. And two graves down from my stepfather is buried. He's, he, he, was, he was from Auburn. He was born and raised here. Two-time Tony Award winning choreographer hmm. Tommy Walsh. Okay. Now, Tommy Walsh, he, yeah, he, won, he won two Tony Awards for choreography in the 80s. He got nominated for director in a musical in the 80s. He was the original Bobby in a chorus. Oh, okay. Line. I like that show. And my favorite, actually, my favorite line in the chorus line is a line delivered by Bobby. And the line goes, um, I thought about killing myself. But then I realized that committing suicide in Buffalo would be redundant. <laughs> that's like my favorite line in the whole. That's my favorite line in the whole. So anyway, Tommy is buried okay. two graves down from my stepfather and where my mother will be buried one day. Well, his sister with metallic red spray paint spray painted these hearts on his stone. Hmm. 
and the wind blew spray paint and it splattered on my stepfather's grave. Uh Oh, and my mother is like livid. Wait, did you see this happen? No, no, it was, this was, was I don't know when she had done it, but but it was there. It was there when we got there. So my mother had a bucket in the back of the car and she had me and she had a cloth. And I said, maybe we could get some steel. Oh, no, no, no. We can't get any steel wool. We'll scratch. We will scratch the tomb size. Like, okay, fine, whatever. So that day and the last two days, I have gone up to my stepfather's stone with a cloth and a bucket. And there's like an outdoor spigot with freezing cold water and a little bit of soap. And I have slowly but surely, and it's kind of starting to wear off. Basically, what's going to happen is the rain, the snow, whatever, yeah. eventually it's just going to wear yeah. off. Yeah. So that's what I've been doing the last three days for about an hour and a half to two hours each day is trying to get this wow. red metallic. Don't, don't, don't you have any, like, paint remover? Or? That might that might do something to the stone, Tim. We can't do yeah. these things. Mm. <laughs> you do it. My mother, my mother won't let me spread salt on her sidewalk. Because she's afraid it's going to pock the concrete. There'll be little pock marks in it. I'm like, oh, so you'd rather that it's just a sheet of ice and you slip on it and break a hip? But heaven forbid the sidewalk doesn't get pocked. So we reached a compromise and I found this non-salt ice melter. But yeah, so that's what I've been doing for about an hour and a half to two hours the last three days. Trying to be a good son because if I don't do it, my mother will go up there. I have a question. Uh, of course you have a question, yeah. George. What's the question? Given that we're a revenge-themed podcast and your family has been wronged by Tom Walsh's sister, how are you intending to take <laughs> revenge on her and or her, her brother's grave? I was thinking of defecating on I'm it. Like, you got I'll a bucket it, already, get, you know? Oh, I got a bucket already. I don't need a bucket. I'll just, yeah, it's there like, you go. You're, just, you're your own system. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying Every- to come up with like I'm trying to come up with something a little more subtle, George. But I think, yeah, I think just basically, John, I'm just gonna. I got it. I'm gonna take a shit on John. I got it. I'm gonna no, take John. a shit on his John, I got it. I okay, got it. Who are you gonna what? trust, Tim or me? No, I got it, John. Oh, got let it. me let me give you my idea. You find out when his sister visits the her, his grave, and you, and you make sure you're the, you're there at the same time at your grave, and you're just mumbling on your breath songs from Chorus Line. You're like tits. And ass. You don't ever look at her. You, you don't right. ever associate with her. But every time okay, you're well, there, so- she's there. You're singing those songs. Uh, and um, okay, okay. So I think okay. Now, now I've now I've come up with what I'm going to do. I am going to wait there. <laughs> yep. Till she comes, uh-huh. I will have the bucket of soapy water that I've been scrubbing the grave with, and when she shows up, I'm just going to douse her with. It. I like it. Oh, Can I yes and your first idea though? I think sure. Go ahead. I think defecation is strong. I think defecation sends the meaning, but I think it needs to be. More, it makes a statement. It makes a statement, but it, it needs to be statement. a pointed statement. I think you need to commit to eating metallic red confetti, <laughs> and when it's ready to pass through your system, that's when you bring bring the pain to her grave. So she comes there and she's okay. like, "Oh, something shat on my brother's grave, and why it's full of red metallic confetti." Oh, she's. Oh. Is that too dark? That's probably too dark. Let's cut all this out. No, it's yeah. just that last week we talked about and, and, while, and while I'm getting surgery for colon cancer, I'll be like, but it was worth it. That's what you get. <laughs> when, when they're fitting me for the col- colonostomy bag, I'll be like, it was worth it. <laughs> uh, there's also that. Uh, well, I thought mine was nice and subtle, John. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if I want subtle though. Too. I don't think there's anything. Maybe I just it. don't want. All right. well, I have a question. You just wait I mean, till your mom. Been, I mean, your mom gets not... older. She, they start getting fussy about like when my mom was older, and I had to bring her a glass of water. I had to often bring her a new glass of water because the old glass of water had dust on it. <laughs> oh, well, Tim, he's got to start dusting <laughs> that water off. I was always getting yeah, a new glass of the water. Here you go, my old stagnant water from the backyard ditch. <laughs> Hope you enjoy it. Dusty water. I never heard of such a thing, but oh well. You think they're a recording artist? Yes. Dusty waters. Well, nothing happened to me this week, so nothing at well, all. Good. Yeah. We don't have, we don't have we time. We don't have time after. I, nothing to match that. That's like 
it's kind of a. I annoyed I annoyed George on texting because he made a typo, and I wondered what it was all day. <laughs> and because I can't <laughs> stop myself from getting fixated on things. We have a group so, text that goes he, with a couple hates, of our friends. And Tim is the villain of it. It's just <laughs> you are. You're absolutely the bad guy in that thread. That's why. That's why sometimes Fife won't respond for weeks because he can't take it anymore. Don't, don't name names. No one wants to know. You bleep that out. <laughs> uh, oh, John, John! Did you see the new Flash trailer? There's yes, a new movie. I did. Did you notice there's two Batmans? I thought you'd be excited. I'm very excited. You're always excited for a new Batman movie. This is not yeah, a Batman movie, it. but Batman yeah. is in it. Okay. I can't okay. wait. Did you like it, John? George? Uh, I did. Either I like, of you? I, I was, You're going to go see? Um, he, see, he's doing, he's doing it again. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, who's he talking John? to? No. Because he, he goes, oh, he, how about you, John? I mean, George, I mean, either of you. <laughs> Any name, people whose names are in just sound. He, he tried, he tried to recover, but. <laughs> yeah. Tim, who are you talking to? to know. Oh, no. Both of you, I was wondering who, I, who between, who wants to see the flash the most? I don't want to see the flash. I want, <laughs> so here's the thing. I like Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, Batman's the only Batman okay, we're seeing. But I don't think I want to go see a movie that stars like. Yeah, that guy's pretty much a sex trafficker, right? I know. He got in a lot of trouble. That's unfortunate. What was his name? Ezra Pound? <laughs> Ezra, <laughs> Ezra Miller. He wrote, he wrote some poems that Ezra got Mil- in trouble. Ezra Pound is the, I'm sorry. Ezra Pound was the poet. Yes. Ezra Miller. Yes. Ezra, yes, Pound, has- was, Ezra Pound was the poet who was very pro-fascist, uh, like Hitler. He was writing poems. Oh, my God, Tim. Okay, continue. Continue. With your story. Fucking moratorium on invoking <laughs> Hitler. Good Lord. I'm sorry, John. Go ahead. I stopped you. Oh, you wanted to know who's in trouble. Uh, this is that. Yeah, the is star. it Ezra Miller? Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was being sought by the police. Like, he took off with underage people and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he threw a chair yeah, at a lady. I think, he's cut. I think he might need to be medicated. Yeah. Anyway. And we're authorities on this. We know we are authorities. I took psychology one oh. I took psychology one oh one in community college. I know everything about this. I took it in high school, John. You know what I am going to oh, see? So I watched the next movie where Bill. Who was that? Psychology Bill? or sociology? Because one semester it was psychology, and the next and the second semester it was sociology. Uh, I, it was psych one oh one. Was it psych? Okay. Who, who was who was in Bill? John, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney, Mickey Rooney, and and, and Hitler. <laughs> oh no! It's spread. <laughs> Should we talk about this movie because yes. it's very short? Yep. It is very short, and that's part of the reason why I picked it. As I said, it was queued up after the elevator. It said an hour and nine minutes. I was like. What the hell? Because as much as I enjoy doing the podcast, some weeks I'm just like, I have no clue what I want to watch. Yeah. So I just nipped it in the bud. I was like, you know what? There you go. That looks good. Ben Crosby and a beard. I have a question. What's the synopsis, John? When an hour and a, a movie's hour and nine minutes, how long was that on broadcast TV? Was that like an hour and a half? I'm guessing it was probably like an hour. Yeah, an hour and a half would be my guess. Okay. It was like an um, hour of Minute Maid commercials. If you know anything about Bing Crosby, I don't. I don't get it. He was the spokesman for Minute Maid, and he owned stock. Yeah, and he beat his kids. And he beat his kids. I learned that allegedly. I learned that from Tim's email about this because Tim condescendingly yes. told me who Bing Crosby was. <laughs> Which well, actually, no it's probably better because I was mixing him up with um, Gene Kelly. So, yeah. So, and when I. When I was a little kid, I, I remember the day that I came home and they broke into the TV and like Bing Crosby died. And I remember that like this, I was young and, and I was confusing my celebrities uh-huh. and I thought they meant Bill, Bill Cosby had died. Bill Cosby. Like, oh, Bill Bing Cosby Cros- died. But then the news said he died at a golf course. And I'm like, wait a minute. Black people aren't allowed to die on golf courses. <laughs> Unless they're the caddy. Must be Bing wow, Crosby. Tim's getting controversial. Well, this was the seventies, and that's what that's you what had that think. level of that's awareness about me. the social injustices of our country in these yeah. early seventies that you knew, like black people weren't allowed on golf courses. I don't even think I knew what golf courses yeah. were until I was like forty. 
<laughs> that's good. I knew I knew what putt putt golf was. Oh, that's true. I knew I knew miniature golf. So this movie, it is a television movie, an ABC movie of the week yep. from 1971, based on a play by Ira Levin, mm-hmm. who wrote the novels Rosemary's Baby, what? the novel. The, oh, I didn't know that. That makes yeah, sense. He wrote, okay. He wrote the novel, the the uh, Rosemary's Baby. He wrote the novel of the, the Stepford Wives. Mm. And um, his most successful play was called Death Trap. Yes, and it got, that got made into wow. a movie with Christopher Reeve and Michael Caine in about 1980. Fun fact: Fun fact: the first theater role I ever got when I moved to Raleigh, there were basically two main characters in it. Um, oh, I can't remember their names now. Uh, Sydney was the older man, and Clifford was the younger man. And the very first theatrical. Production I got cast in in Raleigh. I played Clifford in Death Trap, and the very coincidentally the very last production I ever did in Raleigh, twenty three years later, was also Death Trap, and I played Sydney. Both so I went did. full circle there. Oh, nice, full circle. I bookended un- unintentionally, unintentionally. I never, I, I very rarely get the lead roles. I don't want the lead roles. I want like the supporting role. I want to like deliver my twelve lines. I want the audience like just to wait for me to get back on the stage. And then I just deliver that one line and then I go off again. I love those parts. I love those parts. That's like me. I had in the grade school play, I played a police officer that arrested Santa Claus. Of course. <laughs> of course. Why didn't we hear the this cop, story in the, the first city? The, 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 cop, the, the cop turned the other way when Hitler was going down the street. Oh, but boy, geez. when Santa Claus showed when Santa Claus showed up. I had to arrest Santa Claus because Santa Claus was obviously a woman. Can you believe that? Back then that's, at school play, they let they let a girl play Santa Claus. Is that Claus. why you arrested Santa Claus, you fucking fascist? Yeah, that's what that's what I arrested. Fucking him. worst. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm still reeling from the Ira Levin news that that the same guy wrote Rosemary's Baby, Stepford mm-hmm. Wives, and now this, which totally fits that. That's amazing. Kind of had one story yeah. in his system, didn't he? Mm-hmm. But he told it very well. Yeah, that's the thing. This I liked this. Uh, spoilers, people. I liked this. Damn movie. it! I know I ruined it. Yeah, it's kinda, now yeah. people are gonna turn it off. They're like, well, we know what George liked. I'm making funny jokes. I don't care. I'm going to make, I'm still going to make fun of this. I got all kinds. <laughs> oh, I, I, I joke about fun. Schindler's List. I don't care. Oh, no. No. But anyway. This, this podcast. Jimmy Tennyson. He was in Time Bandits, by the way. Who's yes. Jimmy. Yes. So you want, do you want, the, you want I'll to give this yeah. real quick. Says James Tennyson is a young and idealistic physician who returns to his hometown of Greenfield, which is in Vermont, to work with mm-hmm. Dr. Leonard Cook, his mentor, who is a father figure to him. Uh, Tennyson's father was an abusive brute who broke his arm in a drunken rage. Uh, Dr. Cook seems to be a positive role model to Tennyson and a pillar of the community who welcomes his young protege home. Yes. And that's basically it. That's basically the setup too, because they basically give the yeah. whole the whole plot here. But oh, yeah. uh, we don't want we don't want to do. But Jimmy Jimmy's the young guy who looked up to Bing Crosby, Dr. Cook. Is that Dr. Ten- Cook? That's Tennyson. Mm-hmm. Who was he in Time Bandits? You're gonna make me look that. Yeah, up man, because I watched Time Bandits like a dozen times, and I never. <laughs> that guy was a thick lump of wood. I'm like, who is this fucking wooden leaded man? He was. He was man number three, and in there Time were Bandits? only two. And there were only two men in the. Oh, he was dim, dim, dim. Who the fuck is dim? I thought they were all dwarves. <laughs> Tim, this is your Racist. fault. You derailed this. <laughs> fucking. Dr- <laughs> I have a fe- I have a feeling no. George Harrison had a bigger part in Time Bandits <laughs> than this guy did because I don't recall him. But anyway, yeah, wait, and who was I did see it? In, I did see, huh? George Harrison was in Time Bandits. Oh yeah, he was the producer. He produced it. Oh, he shit. made films. He paid. Yeah, for he was it, real George. tight with those. He was real tight with the Pythons. I know he was a yeah, Python they just guy. Gave yeah. yeah, and uh, what they did was he was on the pirate ship. He was one of the pirates on the ship, wow. and literally. The the camera hits him for literally two seconds, and that's he's it. A, he's in Life of Brian. Uh, I know that he's like a reporter yeah, yeah. guy or something, though. I've seen that one. He's also in uh, Schindler's List. I think. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> he plays the he plays the girl right. in the red coat. He did. All right, he did. <laughs> okay. So Cosby, 
By the way, Bill Crosby, Crosby. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Bill Cosby. Okay, okay, okay. we'll talk about Bill Cosby. Crosby. <laughs> he was one of the most wealthy entertainers that ever existed. The Jello pudding pop. <laughs> no, anyway, uh, I've never looked at a Jello pudding pop the same since. But anyway. But we're talking about Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby didn't yes. sing once in this entire movie. I thought he did not. He was pretty mm-hmm. good. He, I thought he would have at least well, hummed. Yeah. yeah, not even hummed. didn't dance. You know, I don't like know if Bing Crosby do, 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 do. That would have been. Then he, then he used to do always do like bo 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 bo. Yep. Then he always used to kind of like scat like that in his recordings. I was like, not even that. He said scat. In the Looney like Tunes cartoon, he does that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He owned a forty-room house. I mean. He only had like five kids. What, what do you do with a forty-room house? A, you know, well, we'll had, find he, out. He had Danny Kaye tied up. In he one had of them. slaves. He had slaves. Okay. Just Danny and, Kaye. Uh, he tied Danny Kaye up and put him in the the Bob Hope room just to torture these him. These references are just shooting up from my head. <laughs> I mean, I know who Danny Kaye is. We've he's come up oh, before, but is there actually a connection? Is this Tim's weird way of just bringing up no. it all the time? Who knows, Danny? Danny Kaye yeah. and Crosby were in White Christmas, a very popular okay. movie. All right. That Gene and I watch every year, not even because I love Bing Crosby. We miss Lee, like, the producer. We watch it every year, and it's. Uh, I told John we know all the bloopers that are in it, you know, things like that. Mm. But I do like the songs and the dances they do in it. It's just a movie like we got to put on a show and help our friend. Right. That's it. Does Bing Crosby well, first dance? Of all, like, hmm? Does Bing Crosby dance? What? In that movie, yeah. He danced? He, yeah, he was he like a dance guy. A, I wasn't sure if he was a dancer or just a boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. I don't know if he was. A, he wasn't like a dancer on the level of like Fred Astaire no. or Gene Kelly, but he'd kind of – I think he's what you'd call a hoofer. A hoofer. Like yeah. he'd kind of do like a little – he and he and Bob Hope would like do little soft shoe routines yeah. in there. Okay. But it wasn't, it wasn't like anything really like complicated choreography or anything. No, I think sometimes they had to CG in his dancing. He just – he wasn't that good. Tim. Let's go. All right. All right, let's go back to the movie because I want to bring up a credit that confused me. This was a okay. movie. Did you all notice that Blythe Danner was billed as special guest star? Special I did guest not. star. It's weird. I did not movie, notice that. It's like I, I wrote it down. So I also, who was he? Is that what no, Blythe Danner is Gwyneth Paltrow's Blythe Danner is Gwyneth Paltrow's movie. In case you're wondering why there was oh. a, a person in this movie who looked almost exactly like Gwyneth Paltrow but with like a nicer voice. Turns out that's Blythe Danner. I became an expert on Blythe Danner after watching this film. Okay. Yep. I remember when she used to play Will. Well, I think probably probably special guest star, I'm going to guess, Georgian. Why not? Because in the beginning, we can start with this. I think she had just gotten off of winning a Tony Award on Broadway. And I'm going to guess this was like one of her first forays into film and television. And seeing as she was, you know, established in the New York theater. She was a fan. Probably her agent. Probably her agent made her, or the the agent made them bill her as special guest star. Okay, is is my as normally how these things work? Because you really wouldn't yeah. know her if you lived outside New York. But if you lived in New York and went to a lot of theater, you would definitely know who she was. Yeah, I just and, I and thought, Blythe. Bl- oh wait, Tim, go on. Blythe, Blythe, uh, Blythe Danner. I have a little note here. Uh, she was in a movie. Okay. Inside the Third Reich. That's the truth. That's a movie she was in. You can look it up. And I, and I did not bring up that R. Eleven also wrote the uh, wrote, wrote the voice the voice from Brazil, really? which has a Nazi theme. Yes. Are you kidding me? The same that. guy. Every big movie from the seventies, this guy did. Is based on well, it's based on his novels. Wow, they're based on his novels. Okay, yeah. But that, see, that has a Nazi theme to it, and I didn't want to bring it up because you know who yes. would get a little too excited. This is and next thing you know, not excited. Thing you know, it's become troubling. You know, this, is a, it's become, this is a podcast about Hitler. It, what do you mean? Excited. Next thing you know, it already like. I don't think there's like. I think you have now surpassed mod references. I want to talk yeah, about we this. Did, we did. We did. We didn't pursue Maude as, as hard no. as we pursued Hitler. So I want to talk about the movie again. So, <clears throat> so, yeah, my big concern, like, okay, so the doctor's <laughs> office is in his house yeah. and it's next to a cemetery in the opening oh scene. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, hmm. Foreshadowing. Hmm, I hope this is a funeral home, but no, it's the doctor's <laughs> office. It's like, 
It's like eating in a restaurant next to a sewage treatment plant. You know, you just kind of have an uneasy feeling about it. It's just what I'm saying. I went into this so innocently because I saw that special guest star thing and I figured this is a pilot for a TV show that never went to the thing. And the movie opens up with the zoom in into this, you know, pastoral Vermont town through the greenery um, and, and a confused old man waking up in bed to the phone ringing like, oh, what? Speak a little louder. That's our hero, Bing Crosby. And I wrote down my note is like, this is a grim look into my own future. And I'm a confused old man who doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> but and it does have the fucking zoom over the cemetery. I'm like, and I thought that was unintentionally and goofy. And I was kind of like watching this film, not really not picking up on these obvious hints. And Whoa. the version that we watched was on Tubi. And there is a remnants of like commercial breaks that are preserved in this. And the, yeah. the reason I had a hint that anything was up surprising long into this after the first commercial break it comes back and i saw that this was aired on the sci-fi channel yes and i was like yes. right, I noticed that too. and then i was like this might be something so then i started paying attention then i started paying attention before that i thought it was gonna be like a fucking dr quinn medicine woman or something like an old country doctor is like well you shouldn't let the pig bite you there and then he gives him medicine <laughs> Well, I was wondering about that too, why it'd be on sci fi, but I guess like the whole like broad genre of sci fi horror. Yeah. And well, in a way, in a roundabout way, this is like a kind of like a gothic horror almost, I, I guess. guess. I, I that's the only I, I that's the only way I can get my mind wrapped around that is my that's just my thought. And you brought up that movie that, that we're not going to name because it's going to set Tim off into one of his frenzies again. Right. But that movie deals talking with Goering yeah. and Klaus Barbie. <laughs> well, and- specifically Mangala because that movie involved cloning. And I that's what I thought. I'm like, oh, shit. He's going to be cloning oh, people. It's going to be like uh, body snatchers sort of thing. Yeah. People. But it wasn't. Are we going to make this a mystery? Are we nope. just going to tell people what happens? Well, we can work up to it. All right. I have some things to say about it. Oh, uh, let's hear it, Tim. No, I mean, just, yeah, come on, Tim. As talk. Talk. Yeah, come on, Tim. Say something. I was going to say. say let's, move gonna, the, let's move the plot along here. We're still, the, he's still getting out of bed in the opening, and we're, uh, you <laughs> know. know, we're like half an hour into this already. I wanted to say that Bing Crosby, he wouldn't give any of his inheritance to his kids till they were 65, which I understand. You don't want them to waste all that money, but 65? Like back then, you didn't live till like, you died at sixty. Couldn't that's he let them have? He did it. Couldn't he let that's them have money at fifty-five at least? They probably, that's probably why he did it. He probably didn't want. <sighs> he didn't want them. And yeah. see, then as long as they're in the will, they can't contest it. Mm. Yeah. Smart. Oh, really? Bing Crosby lived to seventy-four, so he would have had nine years of living high in the hog if he got in right. here at sixty-five. <sighs> well, Tim, that uh, that was an interesting aside. Did nothing to advance the yes. plot for us. So I'm resting controls. Nothing to advance yeah. the plot, and now we are uh, 28, 28 minutes and 47 seconds into this. Well, damn Dr. It. Dr. Cook has a heart problem at the beginning. I'm like, there's foreshadowing. I thought, uh, mm-hmm. I thought he just hurt his back. He's going really? to cars like, oh, and then he eats a, I figured it out eventually. Look, guys, I wasn't paying attention at first. It wasn't until I saw this as a sci-fi film, and then I figured there could, be, a, there could be werewolves. A movie about back injuries. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So here's what happens. Okay. He is a small time doctor. So anyway, Jimmy Tennyson comes back to town yes. on the bus. Yes, tens of Tennyson. From St. Louis, apparently. What a drive that must have been. <laughs> Unless he took the plane to Boston and just took the bus. Yeah. And he is thick as fuck. In the, in that character, the Tennessee, the doctor oh, returns. Yeah, yeah. He's the golden boy returning home because the housekeeper of Dr. Cook is worried after this heart incident. So she yes, says that right. word to his protege, who is uh, a former patient who he helped put through medical school. And this guy is the densest motherfucker I've ever met. Within five mm-hmm. minutes of arriving back in town, he meets well. two women he knew. And they like, hey, Jimmy Tendersley. And he stares at them with blank, vapid expressions. They're like, has it really changed that much in five years? This happens twice in rapid succession. He doesn't yeah, recognize right. Blythe Danner. He doesn't recognize in the, in the cemetery. Like he, and he never says anything, too. He's literally a slack-jawed yokel, just like mouth open, like well, uh, like. Well, I think his or, job was his job was to sit and thoughtfully stare and look handsome. <laughs> he, he pulled that off. He did have nice hair. Mission. Well, I think he was tick, more like tick, a, tick. A, a Sherlock. He he figured everything out. Oh, he didn't. 
I mean, except he, for some, he was smart. And, well, we'll get. He to was that. dumb. He figured out what was happening yes. in one way, but then he was like, he fell into the most obvious traps. Like, really, <laughs> you didn't see that coming. <laughs> I know. We'll get to that. All right, we'll get to that. All right. Did you so catch? Wait, wait. wait. R. I need what? to. I need to mention a scene about the doctor's garden because it's going to okay. fit in later. So yeah, yeah. Jimmy gets to the doctor's garden. The doctor has this beautifully manicured garden, and there's mm-hmm. a guy out front who is like. Uh, it's. Did you catch who that actor was? You two? No, he, Bernard Hughes. Yeah, the fucking grandpa from Lost Boys. Yeah, that's the problem. Oh, Santa Monica. Too many goddamn vampires. I was so excited. Um, and he's he like in everything. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the, good for that guy. But yeah. There's like this little moment where they're talking about the garden because this doctor has this amazing right. garden. Made the cover of of Country Garden magazine, and he's like. You know, he gave you all the credit. That's Tennyson, the doctor returning. And uh, the grandpa from Lost Boys is like, well, didn't I do all the work? And he's like, he did all the planning. Like, shuts him down. He's like, shut up, you blue-collar slob. Give all the credit to the doctor. We'll come back to that later. Know your place. I hope we don't because we're rarely running out of time here. But anyway. Yeah. His garden was in the cover of Fertilizer Weekly, also. Mm. Fertilizer Weekly, yeah. There was a uh, there was a manure Timothy McVeigh's favorite publication. Oh no, that's dark. <laughs> right. Well, here we go. Okay. okay, so let me do this here. So he gets to the office. He goes in. Uh, ben Crosby is treating a broken arm on a little boy named Billy because, let's face it, every time there's a cute little white boy in a TV movie, his name has to be Billy. Mm-hmm. And he's setting the arm because, of course, like his children, Ben Crosby beat this child actor on set. And oh, so they, he had, they had him set the arm and they just worked it in. They just worked it into oh, the geez. strip. And as it turns out that Jimmy had also had his arm broken because his father beat him. Yes. That and, is real. and well, it actually Ben Crosby beat him and he had a, and he had to set that arm as well. And, 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 Oh, so, well, first of all, the, the reason why he gets the phone call in the beginning is because Blythe Danner's father, Janie's father is real sick in bed. And so he comes over and he's going to take care of the father mm-hmm. and the father knows what's going on because mm. his eye, he's like in terror. Yeah. His eyes are wide open. Well, his, the, the father, the next morning, it turns out the father dies. Did you realize that George? I kind of, uh, no, I get it now. I thought, I didn't know what I was, my note. You thought, was, no, he was, that man was terrified because he knew what, he knew what being. That don't make sense doing. because my note was this guy is as sweaty as the dude in the elevator. Right. Cause he was, but George, yet, then his daughter, George, but then George, his daughter shows up the next morning at work as the receptionist. So I guess, I don't know, maybe they weren't that close. That's, the part, I don't know. that's why I thought it was just a random dude who's dispatching. I didn't realize it was her dad. No, I thought it was her father. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I have to rewatch it, but I, I thought, yeah, it that it was her father. Hmm. So, yeah, thought. spoilers, everybody. Basically, Dr. Cook has been acting as a cultivator for this town, using the garden metaphor. There, there's all these heavy-handed right. references to, like, it's funny how when people get sick, the good ones always recover, and the bad ones move on to their eternal reward right. and stuff. Basically, yes. he's weeding. He weeds them out, yeah. He's weeding out. And mm-hmm. Tim made a reference to this. He has on his garden little notes he leaves for his gardener. And one of the notes is R. R, and R means remove. Remove. And when uh, – Which he also – oh, go ahead, Well, George. when the thick, thick fuck doctor is going through his notes, he's like, what do all these R's mean? And yes. he's like, that means rest, <laughs> asshole. But it turns out it really does mean remove because he's been remove. fucking bleeding. Basically, Jimmy is right. the one who's suspicious of everything. Yeah, he right. comes in immediately. With, that guy comes in with the chip on his shoulder. That guy's like, I'm going to sniff around and destroy my father figure. Yeah. Take his job. So he makes the yeah he does he does say he wants to work there and the doctor's like fuck no go to the big city you asshole. But he sniffs around. He basically figures out this dude's been murdering all these people, including man. It was pretty fucking obvious to me at this point that he had killed Jimmy's dad back in the day. Yeah, that, yeah. that's revealed as a big bit later. I'm like, oh wait, you didn't know that? That's yes. like so obvious that he did that. Mm-hmm. So he basically Jimmy confronts Bing Crosby. And he's like, look, I know you're a famous singer. I know you apparently beat kids. 
I know that you have some I weird love White Christmas. Watch yeah. it every holiday season, but <laughs> I love that duet you did with bit with David Bowie. Actually, Little Drummer Boy, that's pretty boss. Little Drummer Boy, great. Play it, play it, play it by the fire. We're opening presents every year, Doctor. Yeah. But but I know you've been killing everybody because you got all these poisons. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm because I love you. And he looks at him. He's like, I love you because he's a good actor. He's like, I'm going to ask you to retire and I'll take over. And the doctor's like, okay, let's go have a picnic. I know. <laughs> Let me make your sandwich. A sandwich. <laughs> Did you guys catch what the fucking sandwich was that the thick doctor ate? Yeah, it was like bologna. Butter. Oh, oh, no, no butter and turkey, right? Butter no, and ham? it was fucking like, – no, two can't. sandwiches. He's like, want to go halves and halves, Doc? And Doc is eating yeah. a bologna sandwich. And the sandwich that he remembered from childhood <laughs> that the, the young doctor likes, it's fucking ham with butter, no mustard. Yeah, no mustard. Butter. You're like okay that, with George. this? Are no. you really shocked I'm like sorry. That? We're going to let this slide. These fucking sandwiches with butter on it? Fuck this. If that guy did die, if he had been poisoned, and, and spoilers, he does get fucking poisoned because he's an idiot. Like, obviously, this guy's going to yes. poison you. He was yes. going to die anyway because he was eating fucking butter on a ham sandwich. <laughs> Are you kidding? Ham is already like the fattiest meat, and then you're going to put butter on it? Oh, I see. You're upset about the health. No, I'm upset about everything. That's gross to eat butter on the white bread of the white breadness of it. This is terrible. I hate everything now. All right, go on. Well, you know, uh, butter butter on a ham sandwiches is how uh, Hitler poisoned his family before the army got there. Jesus, pumpkin pie, crazy! (laughs) We got we got a stage intervention here. Let's go. You know, Tim. Let's somewhere out there we have like a a listener who's like listening this with their. Holocaust surviving grandparent and they're shri- they're screaming right now. Let's go. Right. That's my new. Okay, so basically, so basically, basically the basically the movie ends with he he gives him the antidote only because he tells him, "Is there some deep dark secret you have that I can hold against you?" Which basically, and he I says, "Yeah, I stole drugs," yes. but drugs. it turns out he made it up. So Ben Crosby gives him the antidote, and he goes and he dials. Uh, Elias, who is not only the gardener, but also the town constable. And isn't he also uh, the, the coroner? No, yeah. doctor. No, Ben Crosby's the medical examiner. Oh, you're right. So, yeah. right. Okay, yeah. Right. So he would do all the autopsies for. So, yeah, so you got the the cop is the gardener. The Basically, the coroner is the doctor. So, like, they're never going to get caught. Or he's yes. never going to get caught. And basically, uh, Ben Crosby catches him on the phone. Uh, yes. First, he tries to hit him with a what? What did he have? Was it a? Uh, it was a bologna sandwich. It was a bologna sandwich. Exactly. Like, he tries, he tries sorry, to kill him with a bologna sandwich it, you with, with mustard, <laughs> and he almost beats him with that. And then so, Jimmy and picks up the, picks up that statue of Hitler and tries to hit Bim. Tim. Right, and then they go out on they go outside. On, then the fight continues on the lawn. Ben Crosby picks up a hoe, tries to hit him with it because he's still kind of weak from the poison, even though he's gotten the antidote. Yeah. It's like, and long story short, short, all of a sudden, basically Ben Crosby has a heart attack. Yeah, another heart Jimmy attack. runs in to get the digitalis. He can't open the bottle. Those childproof <laughs> bottles are really tough. He can't get it open. Yes. So basically Ben he's Crosby dies, which is funny. That's how oh. Ben Crosby died on a golf course in Spain from a heart attack. True. Yeah, that's what Six happens. Six years later. You're, you're missing so the little. The, the, he, 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 no, Tim. No, Tim. We're not missing anything. No. We're not missing anything. It was a good action we're sequence. We're not missing anything. It's I'm so, being it's serious. Not, it's not here. No, it's, there's nothing else to talk about. Wait, wait, no, what, you're missing. What, what, what he said, "I'm I'm doing to you what I need to do to Bing." And Bing said, "See how easy it is." And he dies. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. In other words, you're no different than I am. Yeah. And I do think that going forward, he becomes the new Doctor of Town. He just starts fucking murdering everybody. Starting with Blythe Danner. Danner, Don't get ahead of yourself, George. And don't steal my ideas again this week. That could be be somebody's revenge (laughs) movie, George. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the end, really. Did we miss anything? No, man, we missed everything. We did. That was our worst job ever. There was so much much Hitler talk. I was like, let's just end this now. Get me to an underground bunker so I can shoot myself in the head is what I wanted to say. I did want to ask. He's basically a serial killer in this movie. Yeah. You know, serial killers usually have some sort of cool nickname. I was wondering what his would be. The the binger. Uh, Bing bong. Baloney sandwich. How about the gardener? The, Danny, the gardener. Hey, that's right. Yeah. Or the, or the I thought of that. How about I the weeder? The 
The weed killer. The weed, the weed, weed killer. Whacker. That's good. The, the, the weed, weed whacker is also good. That or the Danny K killer. I'm not sure. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's move on to the revenge part. Let's go. All right. That's my new catchphrase. Right, let's go. Good. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. It's a good catchphrase, Tim. Here's my big note. All right, let's see Dr. Cook is a well-known poisoner, and Jim is eating his fucking sandwich. All right. <laughs> Jim is stupid. <laughs> Jim is very stupid. Let's go. Have a Do you know what then. Bing's last words were before he died of a heart attack? Um, four. No, it was he was done playing golf. He said, "Great game, fellas. Oh. Let's have a Pepsi." That's, that's it. That's true. <sighs> George is shaking his head. That's no joke. No, you just make all these Pepsi references, too. You're just weird. It's fucking it's weird. the first Pepsi reference. It's not. No, you've mentioned Pepsi before. There's no joke. I know it's no joke. I don't know what it is. <laughs> did, Bing, did Bing, Hitler, Bing didn't yell did Hitler, and he died. He had a heart attack. Did, did Hitler prefer Pepsi or Coke? <laughs> he was a Fanta guy, is my understanding. Yeah, Royal Crown Cola. Royal Crown Cola. And, and Speed. It's going to be, what are we calling this? Revenge time? Yeah, Let's I talk guess. about revenge. revenge. Sure. Yeah, sure. Play the revenge Let's song. talk about revenge, baby. All right. <laughs> Wait, were you just talk doing, about you we're talking about, and me. Oh, my God, I thought you were singing that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> wherever you are, wherever you're hiding, I'll find you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Revenge. I'll get you. Revenge. 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 One of us will die. One of us will die. I will not let Cindy take my place. I will have my revenge. What was that? What was the wild card question that we pick on the spot to talk about what happens to a character in this movie? Because I we would have a reality show. Is that the question? Spin-off reality show. Who would have a reality show in the sequel to this movie? Who's going first? Uh, Who has nothing? Steal my idea, George. Steal it again. I'll go first. I'm going to say Blythe Danner does. And it's a show, it's a show that she does called Raise, Raising Gwyneth. And because she's a young woman, I imagine Gwyneth Paltrow was 71 this movie was. I figure she's probably yeah. 72. She's probably alive at that point, right? So it's like her. Maybe. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 What year is Gwyneth born? I don't know. It's her and Gwyneth Paltrow. Here. And it's like she- weird because Blythe Danner, I've never seen a mother and daughter look more alike. Like. She looks just so much wow. like Gwen Paltrow. Yep, and that's so it. Gwen Paltrow was born in 1972. This is the oh. year. Wait, wait. Do we? So maybe she, she was maybe in this she, movie. Maybe she was. She was in this movie. Maybe she was a fe- Maybe she. Maybe she was a fetus. Mm-hmm. Do we? Maybe think she was conceived. Do we think that her dad is the thick as fuck doctor? No, I don't <laughs> sure recognize you. It's been five years. Let me put a baby in you. Is Gwyneth the goop person? Yes. Okay. She's yes. also. Yeah, she's among, other, among other things. Yeah, <laughs> she was in Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> well, she knows a good, which is actually a good movie. I love that movie. You know his movies, um, Mister. I do know his name. Come on, George, help me out. Mister Tennyson. No, a- Anderson. Uh, Wes Anderson. Wes, oh yeah, the director. Mm-hmm. Is this the same with you? I could remember the plot to Mister uh, Fox. Uh huh. And Life Aquatic, uh-huh. but any other movie of his, I'm like, I remember seeing that. I have no idea what it was about. I can remember most of the plots. I can remember... Uh, I can't remember any plot. Royal Tenenbaums, Bottle Rocket. Don't remember the plot. Don't remember the plot. Uh, the one with Jonathan Schwartzman. <laughs> In the oh, hotel. That, was that, was that no. Rushmore? Yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, I think I remember oh, most I of his movies. You actually made reference to Moonrise Kingdom. Not Moon, Yeah, Moonrise Kingdom. I don't remember the plot. I don't mm. remember the plot. Tim... Mr. Fox and Life Aquatic. I could keep them in my head, but the rest is just like, it's weird with those movies. They erase your mind. That's weird. All right, do your spinoff. Um, oh, who would have a reality show? Yeah. Well, well my spinoff. Be a reality show uh, about that, that uh, the guy, who the gardener. Yeah. Ellis. Uh, Ellis. He was like. Elias, he actually. Elias. Sorry, to, sorry to be that guy. He wore the, he no, wore these big, right. He wore those big overalls. Uh-huh. He's always like, "Good to see you." Eh? I don't know. He had a funny accent that I can't uh, place. Yeah, do it. Right. He's like the Pepperidge Farm guy. Yeah, Pepperidge but Farm underneath those big overalls, he was built like a rock. He was. Uh, I think he was a satyr. What's the phrase? He was uh, solid as a rock. You know, he was uh, a like carved out a carved out a ivory. Oh. 
And there's a reality show where he uh, people compete to be the next um, the Chippendale, and he uh, tries to get on that show. Okay, tries to. It's a reality show. Who will be the next Chippendale? And they do their whole thing. They get picked. Why lie? Uh, he's like he's in the top three. All right. Uh, but uh, uh, when they're checking out his, that's when you check out people's bodies. Episode three. He's got the little shorts on, and they see that he's got a little tattoo of a uh, of Hitler's face. <laughs> like, quit. He, he loses. He loses. I, he's I quit. Okay, that's he's out. That's All it. Right. Shut him down. Shut him down. <laughs> no, okay, John. What's this your whole section out? Just sucks. <laughs> Okay, well, my my uh, reality spinoff show uh, is about a character we didn't mention. It was Essie. Essie was the I other woman Essie. that he met and who he didn't remember only after five years. Yeah, because he's a clod. <laughs> and basically, the backstory to Essie is that we never see her mother on camera. She's just referred to. Yeah. Her mother is basically a demanding shrew. And if, whenever, like, they're out somewhere – the mother calls and they have to come right home. And sure enough, when they're at the party at the doctor's house, the mother calls and she has to, she has to go home. And at the party, she doesn't have anything to eat. She's just drinking and she's drunk. <laughs> basically a long story short, doc, basically a long story short, Dr. Cook, uh, says, oh, you know what? She's been calling me, and I'm really worried about her. Never mind, he hadn't seen her in a year since her last physical. Basically, he kills the mother. Okay. So basically, Essie's, Essie's reality show is called Burying Mama. Nice. And wow. being the control freak that Mama was, everything in her will was spelled out to the letter. Like what she could throw out, what she couldn't throw out. So basically, the cameras follow her around the house as she goes through her mother's belongings. And she's like, oh, candlestick. Mother ordered that I not throw these away. I'm going to throw them away. And she just goes through and she totally disregards her mother's will and gets rid of all her belongings and um, puts them in a dumpster and they get hauled away. So online people are tweeting that they hate her and everything while the show's going on. Exactly. That almost sounds like the revenge. Was that it? Is that the end? That's the end. Yeah. Uh Oh, I thought something else. Oh, and then Hitler and then Hitler shows no! up to the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> we got to work it in. We got to clean up the house, guys. We got to. We got to stop. <laughs> Fights a big flag. Sometimes George is just better just to go along with it. Get, we got to get this out of his Let him get. <laughs> let him get it out of the system. Tim, you have at the most one more week to get this out of your system. Okay, and if not. <laughs> It'll be Sending them code to the revenge may only be a three episode podcast. <laughs> What's happening? Lay in the smackdown. You're getting scolded. <laughs> All right. Revenge. I want to do revenge. 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 You, wanna, you my, do the first revenge then. Here's my fucking revenge. I'm telling you my fucking revenge. Elias, the gardener. I mentioned the scene up front, but I think you should cut it out when I mentioned it before, because when the doctor arrives, he's chatting amicably with Elias, the gardener slash constabulary guy, wearing overalls. They're talking about the doctor's garden, the titular garden. Mm-hmm. And Elias is very proud because he is the gardener of the garden. He's like, you see, we made the cover, a country garden magazine. And the fucking elitist snob that is this fucking visiting doctor, he's like... He's being very patronizing and he gave you all the credit and very proud of himself. Elias is like, well, didn't I do all the work? Like, this is what he lives for. <laughs> There's no crime in this fucking town because the doctor kills all the criminals. This is what he does. This is the only thing he has to live for. And the fucking doctor looks at him, fixes him with a snotty glare and is like, yeah, but he did all the planning. Meaning kind of like planning is all that matters. You're just a fucking yes. tool. He's You're like, just a well. grunt. He's like, see this fucking hoe? Later on, the doctors are going to try to kill me with this hoe, but you have as much use as that. You're just, you're just an applied force. It's all the doctor, and that it's all the doctor. That's always rankled, Elias. That uh-huh. just it ferments him. The whole movie, you don't see there's scenes that just happen in between where he's choking on his own impotent rage. The only thing that mattered to him <laughs> was his own his gardening, and it's been taken away, dismissed. He brings love to this. He sometimes, honestly, sometimes he ignores those little tags. 
because he knows it's best for the garden. Sometimes plants grow the way they will. Yeah. And this doctor's like, he does all the planning. And then one day he comes there and he sees his beloved doctor friend laying dead on the front yard. There's grass stains over him. They were playing touch, tackle football or something. Right. He becomes obsessed <laughs> with killing Tennyson. Uh-huh. But he also knows revenge is a dish best served cold. He's the local constabulary. He's not going to do it right away. He waits. He moves. He goes to Santa Monica, f- has a wow. family, gives birth to Diane Weist. She gives birth, she gives birth to Corey Haim. He gets involved in this whole weird shit with vampires. The whole town's over with vampires. He fucking kills them all. Then one day when, Je- when Tennyson, that thick fuck, is dying alone in a bed, you know who comes in? Elias. And he's got uh-huh. a bucket. Uh-huh. And in this bucket, okay. yeah, it's a pile of shit, all right. With, 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 with red metallic scraping. You know it! And he <laughs> upends that on Elias' face. <laughs> no, wait, no, he is Elias. He just did. Happy, happy. Tennyson. <laughs> yeah. Tennyson. Yeah. And Tennyson's yeah. laying there, like, and Tennyson's confused because Tennyson thought he was coming over for a picnic. Tennyson actually, in his confusion, starts eating initially because he'll eat anything when you say it's on a picnic, yes. even obviously poison sandwiches or fucking yes. fecal matter. And he chokes to death on Elias's shit. And that, he says, he says what does he say to him? He says, there's not enough butter. <laughs> More butter. Yes! 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 All right, that's my, uh, I'm done. All right, say what you will, gentlemen. Oh. Oh, that hurt. I'm, yeah. I'm actually well, paying for that one. That's, that was good. One. That was good. It's good fun. That was good. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. What is Tim's going to be? I'm laughing at my own jokes about I, yours, but I'm not going to – I didn't talk over you. Oh, yeah. I, wonder, so. I wonder how many times you could have worked Hitler into there. <laughs> that's what it was. Of course. You fucking dolt. <laughs> I was going to say, tennis in the doctor right before – Dr. Kirk died. Sometimes the funniest jokes are the jokes left unsaid. He heard him shout out to Maybe John should go first. Want me to do mine? Or you want John to go? Go ahead, Tim. You go ahead and do yours. (laughs) My revenge movie is called Dr. Cook's Cook's Garden, The Revenge. Or is this known in Jonestown, Amateur Hour? Dark. Dark. (laughs) So... I think all the people in that town were playing it a little bit dumb and they all knew what Dr. Cook was doing. It seemed like they were, uh, that's what it seemed like to me. And they were happy to have uh, him kill the bad people off, even though he could kill our, their, their uh, mother or father, but they were okay with it. So they were really mad that Tennyson had killed him and they were going to get their revenge on him and, mm. and kill him, but he he hotwired a car. He got out of town. <laughs> Tennyson yeah. hotwires a car. Yes, nice. I know. Unbelievable. Like okay, he stole some keys. I, know, I like him hotwiring a car. That's cool. He knocked over an old lady, took her keys, got in her car, did her hip break. <laughs> yeah, he's like, good, good. Take that, you old bag. <laughs> I got a head start on you. You got a broken hip. You'll never catch me. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, but he runs out of gas in a nearby town and he's asking people, can I use the phone? I got to call the police. But everyone in this town, including the children, are gathering stones and putting them in a little pile in the center of town. And they're drawing pieces of paper like it's a kind of lottery. (gasps) I read this book. He picks a piece of paper with the the black mark uh, and they try to kill him. But he he steals another car and he gets out of town and uh, he heads north to try to get the police and he crash lands in a snowbank. And a nice lady, Annie, takes him home. She's a big fan of his medical journals. <laughs> and she ties him, to the de- ties him to a bed, gives him a typewriter so he can write more medical journals that she likes to read. But lucky for Jimmy, Annie went out to see the new movie called The Godfather. And Annie was so taken with it, she headed to California to convince uh, Francis Ford Coppola to make at least five more of those. Huh. So Not Jimmy escaped. Jimmy escaped. <laughs> and the people from that, little, that town were still after him. So in order to get away, he joined this church called the People's Temple as they were going to go down to, to <laughs> Guyana. And he thought he could get away, get out of the country. But he got suspicious in Guyana. He thought that there might be poison in the Kool-Aid. And uh, they chased him into the woods. And he ran off into the woods, and he was eaten by lions. 
not, are, not there, li- are there lions no. in South That's, America? I, I don't think so. My too. question, yeah. Well, well, Puma okay. Or, or he, cougar he, he, or jaguars? He, he jaguar. Get, there he. He didn't get eaten by the lions there. He got he got all the way back to America and he went and visited the zoo and he accidentally fell in the lion enclosure. My but, head is swimming right now. But he got out of the lion enclo- enclosure alive, and but he had fallen in love with lions, mm. and he bought illegal lion cubs and raised them in his house as his own until one day he didn't get eaten. They they escaped, and the, the oh rangers came around and rounded them up and put them on a preserve where they belong. I don't think this is going to end. So that's not when he was eaten by lions. <laughs> he he went then he went to Africa on a safari. But he wasn't eating there stupid, either, right? Of course. He stupidly got out of a jeep, yeah. forgot he was wearing his meat scented aftershave. Oh, and the lions friggin- and the lions did not get him there. He got on a plane to go home, actually, uh-huh. with uh, you know, to, from Africa, and the plane crashed in the Himalayas and everyone was starving in the snow, had nothing to eat, waiting for rescue, and that's when the cannibalism started. Oh, and who was that? Who was on that flight? The Detroit Lions football team. And they ate Jimmy because they wanted to get revenge on him because he was always making fun of them for never getting into a Super Bowl. So he even shouted his safe word, Bob Hope, but they wouldn't stop eating him. He was eaten by by the Lions, the Detroit Lions. True story. True story. And what was this called again, Tim? (laughs) Called Dr. Cook's Garden the Revenge. Yeah, I had a lot to, had a lot to do with Doctor Cook's garden. <laughs> yeah. Good title. Yeah, a couple of things about wouldn't wouldn't his aftershave not only have been meat scented, but it would have been ham and butter scented. Mm. And yes, and fun fact about Jonestown: they couldn't afford Kool Aid, so it was it was um, flavor aid. Uh, what are they fun fun aid? Fun aid. That's it. Like goofy grape and all that. Yeah. Couldn't afford oh Kool-Aid. God. Fun fact. Fun that fact. Is, that is fun, fun fact. <laughs> George is George is livid now. <laughs> I do like I do enjoy you got in the uh last podcast and last reference there. Maybe we'll get some of their listeners. They'll be like, wait. Yeah. All right, John, what's your so, revenge? So John. Okay, my my revenge movie is called Revenge in Dr. Cook's Garden. Nice. And we didn't discuss uh, Dora, the housekeeper, who prepared the picnic lunch that Mm -hmm. Dr. Cook poisoned Ah. and Jimmy ate. So after Dr. Cook dies, Elias, Janie, and Jimmy, you know, as Tim said, everybody in the town knew what was going on. Ah, So they're like, well, how do we cover up this death? So they basically, since she prepared the picnic lunch, they framed Dora with poisoning the doctor. Mm. And she goes off to prison where Mm. she dies a miserable, lonely death. Oh, sad. What? And then it turns out that Billy, the boy who was getting his arm set in the beginning, was actually her grandson. Mm. So he comes back. He goes off to... Burlington, Vermont, that, you know, fast-paced, famously urban-bladed city in Vermont. Coat factory. Coat factory. Yes. And, you know, um, Elias, as constable, bragged that, you know, no bad people came into the town while he was on the beat, i.e. he only let white people in. They did let an Italian family, an Italian family did try to move there once in the 60s, but they just drove him out of town. So basically, Billy comes back with a gang of Italians because he can't find any black people in Burlington or Latinos (laughs) or anything like that. And he's going to get revenge on his grandmother. So basically, Elias shows up on the outskirts of town and says... As long as as long as I'm constable, nobody's ever gonna. And bam, they shoot him dead. Just like because Grace, he doesn't have a gun. He, he doesn't need a gun, uh-huh. you know. So they just shoot him dead. Was he wearing his waiters? He was wearing he was wearing his waiters. Yes. <laughs> All right. Did he? Um, um, he was getting he was he was getting he was getting compost for Doctor Cook's garden because he still keeps it up. Nice. And then um, Janie, um, the reason why she was running late 
for the picnic was, of course, being Gwyneth Paltrow's mother. Uh, she was having a vaginal cleanse that day. So that's why she was running late for the picnic. So what they did was was they poisoned her set of designer douches. Wow. And that's what did her in. And oh. then and then to yeah, that's what kills her. She's poisoned death by douche. You call okay. that. And then um, to um, to kill Jimmy, they take a bunch of ham sandwiches with butter and just shove them down his throat, nice. which is also known as Cass Elliotting somebody. Oh. And if that if if, 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 that, if that reference is too obscure to anyone out there in podcast land, uh, Cass Elliot, aka Mama Cass Elliot, the rumor was that she had choked on a ham sandwich and that's why she died in the apartment in London. But what they think happened was, was that somebody yeah. in one of the police photos, she died of congested heart failure, yeah. but in one of the police photos on the, on the nightstand was a partially eaten ham sandwich. And that's how oh, the, man. that's how the, uh, the myth about choking on the ham. So it, it was also the same apartment. It was also the same apartment that Keith Moon would die in four years later from the hood. That's a pretty wow. cool. So apartment. basically that, 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 so Billy, Billy exacts revenge by those mm. three methods of death. Wow. And what was it cool. called again? Revenge in Dr. Cook's garden. I like it. Thank you. I like the death by douche. Or the Cass Elliott treatment. I'm not sure which one I like better. <laughs> All right, Tim. What happened right. now? I'm keeping my mouth. You told me not to think about an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> I have. A... What, what what room did Keith Moon? Was that a hotel room? Keith Moon. No, it was um, Nine Curzon Place, uh, Flat Twelve. Oh, that's where Hitler stayed. Yeah, oh. that makes sense now. From now on, we so will now, refer to him. I'm done. I'm done with it. As as Mr. Ava Braun. Okay, that's how we're going to refer to him from now. I'm on. done with it. No, no. That's, a, that's the last one, Tim. You got it all your system. Yeah, George. Are you you picking a movie next week? Aren't you? I am. I actually. I also Did, have Tim. I have a bit of fan mail. Just you personally? Ooh. Well, I just it was the mail. it was fan mail delivered to me in the form of a text from a listener. May I read okay. it? Sure. So as of the time we're recording this, the most recent episode, I th well, actually, no, I guess a new one has aired. This was written in response to the Masters of the Universe uh, episode we did. This Are you is, sure? Yes. No. It, okay. it says right here. This is, I received this from my cousin, Matt, who is a listener. Hi, Matt. Well, Matt, hi, Matt wrote, I was just driving a few minutes ago, period, and finished the Masters <laughs> of the Universe Teddy Bimco podcast, period. When Tim reads his explanation for Lubick's wife's podcast, I nearly jerked the wheel to end my life. Well done. What? Yep. And then he wrote, Lubick was also the principal of Back to the Future. And he said those jokes were suicide-inducing. Off to have a trigger warning. That's the fan mail. That's the fan mail. Yes. Well, geez, now that, we which, now that we actually have a listener, I might have to step up my game. Yeah. So I, I take that as one compliment and one non-compliment. I think, I think, Tim, I like think the you, jokes, but jokes were suicide inducing. Yeah, I think you really nailed the premise of the show. This was the old show, of course. This is before the revenge yeah. part. But I think like that's it shows you really seized the day and you really choked the shit out of that episode. You did good, man. <laughs> choked it. I choked it out. Yeah, you choked it out. So <laughs> speaking of choking things out, it's my turn to choose the movie. And the movie I'm choosing, listeners, if you want to uh, watch along with us, it is available on Tubi. It is a free film called One Word Snow Beast from Ooh. 1977. <sighs> the date should give you a hint that it's probably some sort of Jaws knockoff. And the name Snow Beast should tell you there's probably a Yeti involved. Ooh, it looks like Yetis. garbage. I can't wait. <laughs> TV movie. I think it's a full hour and a half. So. It's going to be true good. story. True story, definitely, because everybody remembers in 1977 when the world learned that yes, Yetis are real and they kill people. No, true story. Yep. Some somewhere in the late 70s, you know, I read, I finally read a adult book. I'm like, oh, I like this. I An adult book, I read, huh? The Hobbit. You know, you read something besides kids' books. Okay. You're like, oh, I like reading this novel. It's uh -huh. cool. And I was like, I'm an adult now, and I had some money in the bookstore, and I and I, there was a book called either Snow Beast or or snowman 
I was like, I'm going to buy this a horror novel. I didn't know anything about who to buy or Stephen King. And it was about a Yeti. It was incredibly boring. I read the whole thing. And in the middle of the book, there is a very descriptive sex scene. And I just went back. I was like, oh, I'll just read these pages again. Was it a sex scene with the... Was <laughs> that was the only part of that book I remember. It was was the it a sex scene with the Yeti? At that age, it's either that or the National Geographic, I guess. I don't know. Uh, today's kids, they just hop in Google and they type in munch porn and they find it. Yep. Yep. We had to work I for guess. it. So they tell me. So we did. Yep. Oh, so that was the end. That's 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 Snow Beast, and that's 1977. Yep. Sounds great. One word too, because there's a there's a two word Snow Beast from like '88. That's why I'm specifying it. So '77 okay. Snow Beast, one word to be. I did check our mail. Okay. We got no mail, but that's great. You got mail. Yep. Thanks. Thanks for writing, Matt. Thanks, cousin Matt. Matt. Yeah. And again, We've, now that we have a listener, I'm going to have to step up my game because I just thought I just thought like George was listening. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks I was like, "Why do we even bother record? I'll just give George a call <laughs> and tell him everything that I was going to say." But now He's we here. actually have a now we actually yeah. have. Well, let's hope we still have a listener at this point say, because yeah. you know Matt didn't sound like he didn't sound like a rousing endorsement for the podcast. <laughs> but who knows? Matt really Matt, hates does Matt. Matt, Matt does Matt dislike hate. Hitler? Matt does. He hates when people make casual jokes about Hitler. <laughs> All right. Well, wait. If you want to write the show, Seti Bimco with an E at gmail.com. We're on or, Instagram. Or text Instagram. folks. Or text George. Yeah, we don't need to get no fucking emails. Instagram. Tim, Seti Bimco. Area code. Area code. No, we won't do that. <laughs> you can listen to us anywhere. Give us some five stars. Uh, George can plug his show as long as he'll plug my show on his show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen to my other podcast, Hypothetical Island. Where uh, mm-hmm. me and my outrageous co-host Riley Brown spin hypothetical island scenarios and have on different comics and toy-related guests of note to interview them and whatnot. All right. Well, thanks everybody. All right, thanks for listening. And is that it? Thank you for your movie. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. Goodbye. Let's go. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line. There we go. Let's see here. Let's do. I'm at 99. I'm going to hang up now. I'm at 99. I'm going to hang up now. You got to wait till I stop. What happened? Oh. To wait till I stop. I do it now. Unless you want to record 10 minutes of talking about White Christmas. Nope. No? Nobody's up for that? No. No.